Okay, it is 1 p.m. And uh, I just wanna welcome you all to the uh, Step 10 Zoom workshop uh, from the Channel Islands Intergroup. Welcome everybody, we're so glad you're here. Monica has one quick announcement. Hi everyone, nice to see you all, Monica Compulsive Eater. I am inviting anyone who would like to be part of our newsletter, the Channel Islands uh, Intergroup. You can send me in the chat, a personal chat with your contact information. If you'd like something to be sent by email or if you have um, another form of uh, communication that you'd like, just let me know. Thank you. Thanks, Monica. And I don't think we need to take up any more time. I just wanna say welcome to Amy, our fellow who's going to be sharing her experience, strength and hope with us. I'm really excited to hear from Amy. Yay, welcome Amy. Thank you all. Thank you for having me. I'm so grateful to be here. Grateful to be a recovered compulsive eater and to be talking about step 10 today. Just, uh, we're, yeah, talking about step 10, I was thinking, God, it's such an important step. But I was thinking, even if we were talking about step four, we would say it's such an important step because they're all so important. But I feel around the 10th step, it's easy to get um, confused and clouded as to what it is. So I hope uh, what I say today maybe adds some clarity. And certainly what I'm saying today has all been taught to me. It is, uh, I am grateful to have guides and uh, sponsor in this that teach me about what the 10 step is. And um, so nothing is original from me at all. Um, a little bit about myself, just to identify Anne as a compulsive eater. I'm gonna just do a screen share on um, myself. Uh, I only share this to show part of my journey. It's you know, where I was um, in 2009, uh, 80 pounds more than I weigh right now. I was at the nutritionist the umpteenth time I've been to a nutritionist. You can see the scale in the lower right-hand corner here about more about how to moderate my eating, more about how uh, if I only did this and did that, you know, it would work. And of course, I'm sure many of you share similar stories of how many diets did we go through? How many therapists did I see? How many geographic changes did I try? Before I was married, how many boyfriends did I try or new jobs or new situations or the next new diet. And uh, I was in a lot of pain here. I was in a lot of pain. This is before I came to OA. Um, uh, I knew, you know, from decades of eating that something was wrong and I just didn't know what my problem was. Uh, and I thought I could fix it. I mean, it worked with other things the way I had fixed things. Why not with eating? Why wasn't it working? The other thing I want to share about this is that by the time I came into OA in 2012, I was not this body weight, I was a lot less. And by the time I got recovered after a very long and, and very painful six year relapse cycle, I was also thinner than that. My point is we can be in the rooms of OA and it, it really doesn't, we come in all compulsive eaters, we come in all different shapes and sizes. And what I think we share is the pain and suffering that we go through with this. Um, and the other thing about it is I look at this now with such, Compassion, like I remember just sifting through photos and getting rid of so many photos of myself because I hated myself. And now I just look at this and like, this is me. This is part of my journey. And I have nothing but like a well of love for myself, at, even, you know, at, at this weight or any weight. And it, I just feel like, gosh, that is my higher power given because I can't tell you how many times I've looked through photos and say, oh, I'm this, I'm so ugly. I'm so this, I'm so that. So it's really my higher powers love um, that has 
helped that um, me shape my my own feelings um, about myself. So let's see, just quickly, um, the heaviest part of me was really between my two ears. Uh, I was in such pain. Uh, I ate and ate and ate. I wasn't one of these people who like didn't eat a lot. I ate. I would go to the supermarket and get food to binge on for me to get home. And then I would also get the binge food that would get me home. Like I needed the food that would just even get me in the car ride home. Um, there was one time where I had already eaten that too fast and I had to then dig into my ice cream and I was eating ice cream without a spoon driving out of a carton like an animal. I mean, like an animal. And I, that was one of my low points. Another low point was drinking a bottle of wine while I was alone with taking care of my young kids at the time and drinking so much and eating so much that I threw up in the front yard and blacked out. Uh, I don't, it just things like that over and over again, being at dinners with people. And I don't even know what they're saying because all I'm thinking about is going home and binging, being in junior high and not going out with friends because I want to be home and binging and eating so much I'm writhing on the floor and because my stomach hurts so much. Um, time and time again, being in college, showing up to class in my pajamas because I didn't have the wherewithal after long binges to get out of my pajamas. So showing up to, I went to a small college, showing up to class and as the other students are prepared for the academics that were going to be talked about that day and I'm in my PJs and not there, crying about that. Um, it's on and on. Um, getting pregnant, gaining a hundred pounds. And now granted a heart eater can maybe gain a hundred pounds and lose it. But I knew I was beyond a heart eater. Like I was a compulsive either of the hopeless variety. Um, being at my OBs, just crying and her saying, you just need a good therapist, you know, cause they don't know. Like, uh, so it got worse. It got worse even in the rooms of OA because while I knew what my problem was, I never left OA. I knew it was here. I knew that, but I couldn't stay abstinent. <laughs> I went through so many relapse cycles and I say cycle because it'd be like three weeks of sobriety and then back in the food, sometimes three months, sometimes five months, sometimes two days. I mean, sometimes once nine months, you get the picture. It just went on and on. And um, that's outside of the scope really of what we're talking about today with step 10. But I just wanted to say that while I knew my problem was lack of power and that I had this twofold illness, allergy of the body and obsession of the mind. And I, I saw you all out there recovered and I heard from recovered people. I, had a, I wasn't getting it. And that took time um, and learning that in short, my food was never entirely down. And when I knew it wasn't down, I was unwilling to put it down. So that was a long process for me. Um, I'm very grateful to say I've been sober, entirely absent for over a year now. And um, I never thought I'd get never when I hear people say they have two years or five years or eight or 20. I, it was like, but I'm here to say day by day, grateful to my higher power that it is the water's warm for all of us, not just only a select few for all of us. Um, but I will lastly say before we move on that I, before I, I found this new sobriety, um, I was becoming passively suicidal and you'd look at me and you'd say, I was in a thinner body than the photo you saw, like what the heck's her problem? Like what's, how could she have it? But between my ears, that's why I say the heaviest part was between my ears. 
I felt I would pull into the garage with the car and I'd feel like I'm just gonna, like, I just want the garage door to shut and I just wanna keep the car running. And I wasn't worried I was actually gonna do it, but the thought was there that that would bring me relief. That's how bad it got. Or um, I would be on a plane and I'd be like, I don't care if it crashes. I just had this, or I'd say to God driving down the highway, like I'm done. It's been a good run. Just don't make it messy for my kids. You know, like bartering with God, you know, <laughs> don't make it messy. I knew like, I've got to, I've got to dig in more to what OA is and surrender because it's not, I ha it's not happening. I ended up going to a 12 step big book food treatment center in Minnesota. And that's what really helped me understand what real sobriety meant. And um, I found my sponsor through that and just so grateful. I wouldn't just for her guidance and um, wow, that I think it was a combination of six years of hell combined with what I was finding there and being willing. That's the key ingredient um, to what it means to put things down. So uh, here we are now, step 10. Um, I do live, I'm a big book person. I love the big book. I think it's amazing. I can read a passage and the next day read the same passage and get something new out of it. Uh, I think there's a reason it's what the 100 top books of the 20th century. It hasn't changed since 1939, the first 164 pages. I'm just one of those people who really um, finds it to be such a book of recovery. And it is like an instructional manual. So what are our instructions gonna be for step 10? And so we get to look at that today. I do live in 10, 11 and 12. And, um, uh, and we can talk a little bit more what that means uh, as we go on, if you're interested. All right, so what is written on the page? Let's jump to it. Let's jump to it. Oh, in terms of questions, um, I do have this organized by segments. So I think what we'll do is after I'm done with the segment, you can either have posted your questions in the chat room and Natalie will kindly uh, let me know what those are if uh, having to do with the segment we just went over or you can raise your hand and ask it. However, either of those two things would be great. Um, so we, after each segment, we will get to questions. And then I'd love it if I have time left over, and I'm hoping I do, I would love to be able to open it up to just overall questions. I think when I listen to, pot, uh, you know, Vision for You, and maybe many of you are familiar with that on their Sunday edition, I find the best parts are the Q&A. Um, so we can do that and, and uh, at the end. All right, so if someone doesn't mind sharing or reading, please, this first paragraph, I'm sorry, second, on page 84, just that paragraph, because this is step 10. These are the instructions of step 10. Would someone like to read that? That paragraph that starts with this thought. Carrie, go ahead. Hi, this is Carrie, Recovered Compulsive Eater. Uh, this, brought, this thought brings us to step 10, which suggests we continue to take personal inventory and continue to set right any new mistakes as we go along. We vigorously commence this way of living as we cleaned up the past. We have entered the world of the spirit. Our next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. This is not an overnight matter. It should continue for our lifetime. Continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. 
When these crop up, we ask God at once to remove them. We discuss them with someone immediately and make amends quickly if we have harmed anyone. Then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. Love and tolerance of others is our code. Mm. Well, that's a short paragraph for something we continue to do for a lifetime. So let's unpack this. The only other two short paragraphs with steps are step six, which is shorter than this, and seven. In fact, maybe combined, they're about this long. And those are on page 76. So two, three very critical steps are, are very, very short paragraphs in this book. I'm struck when I look at this by the word continue. Continue to take personal inventory. Continue to set right, uh, to set right any new mistakes. We continue this for a lifetime. So this is not something we do when we get to a certain wage or we feel, hey, I feel good lately. I don't need to keep doing this. Or no, we continue for a lifetime and continue. What are we doing for a lifetime? We're continuing to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. And then it tells us what to do when these crop up. We ask God once to remove them. We discuss with someone immediately. And then what do we do? Turn our attention to someone we can help. Love and tolerance is our code. Wow. All right. So I just, uh, I'll get back to this idea that um, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on step one through nine, but it's like being at the bottom of the stairs. When we look up at step 10, the 10th stair up, it's a long way away. We can't hop to it. We can't jump to it. We can't beam ourselves to it. It's up there. We take one step at a time. We do step one, then we step to step two, then we step to step three. Each step is so critical before the next step. So 10, we're speaking of 10, but of course we've dived into with all our heart, you know, not just our minds, but our hearts with steps one through nine and done them, preferably with a guide or sponsor. I do know some people have done the work uh, alone using their people. Um, but so, so it's really important we, we say that, um, that this is built, what we're speaking about today is built on nine steps prior to it. All right, just some small things before we try to unpack this, but what is 10? You know, it's this daily sweeping. In one through nine, we've cleared away the wreckage of our past. We have then have a clearer channel to our higher power, our own concept of a higher power. I sit next to, I sit in meetings next to atheists. Great. Their higher power could be truth, love, justice, and beauty. Those are principles that are bigger than all of us. So what we're doing is we've, we've cleared the channel in one through nine to our relationship with our higher power. It says that here, we have entered the world of the spirit. It says that right in the middle of the paragraph. So with that now clear channel, we're still human. We're still walking the planet with 7 billion people, right? So I can do my step 11 in the morning and I feel great. Life is good. I'm on cloud nine right? The sun is shining and I step out that threshold and it can now be a virtual threshold being that we live in this world. My car doesn't start. My husband doesn't clean up the way I wanted him to. My kids are barking about something. Uh, my dog threw up on the new carpet. 
um, the plumbing doesn't work, the neighbor is complaining to me, I, right? We know what these are. This is just daily stuff. But I can't afford to let that stuff build up because when that stuff builds up, then I start to get back in the driver's seat. And when Amy starts to get back in the driver's seat and control the her life, I'm not living in the world of the spirit with my higher power guiding me. Um, so that's why we're doing this. It's like a daily sweeping. And we do it in the here and the now. So there's some things I've picked up from other people along the way. It's a 10th step is a completely new language. It is not a language to be processed by my cognitive mind. It is designed to be practiced with an awakened spirit. 10th step happens between leaving the front door and coming back to the front door. And it allows us to have fun with all this stuff. You can take one word and concentrate on it. It's true. You can take on one word, watch, watching for selfishness or um, asking or seeing, right? So we immediately, another person said, we immediately clean up things from this point forward. This is done immediately. She uses the word immediately again. It gives us the opportunity to practice the asset. We'll get to what that means. God decides which character defect or my higher power Sometimes I say God as a shortcut to my higher power, but I hope that doesn't put anyone off. I mean, it's a God, a person or thing being of your own understanding. Higher power decides which character defect higher power wants me to work on. And um, that's when I give those over right then and now. And she made another interesting point to say that um, we're put in front of these situations that allow us to learn. We do it quickly because with each successive lesson will not be as gentle as the previous one. Meaning that if I keep letting things build up, uh, let's say with, the, with my husband, it could then by not taking care of the 10th step right away, that mild irritation I have with him, it could end up with a big blow up fight where damage is done. That's just one example. So I thought that was interesting. And God is in the right here and the right now. So to be content with what God brings us. So I try not to judge, like sometimes I, oh, that's, this is such a little 10 step, oh, a little duh. I try, I more now surrender that it just means it's what I'm dealing with in front of me. All right, so let's get into it. I'm gonna show a form for those of you. So a 10 step is a four through nine. That's what it is. It's, it's cleaning, I'm sweeping, I have this disturbance. It doesn't just have to be a resentment. It can be a jealousy. It can be an envy, an anxious, an anxiety, an anger. Uh, I said envy, a fury, um, ennui. It can be like a lack of, I'll give an example. One time my sitter who was with us for many years told me she was pregnant. And I, I felt, I didn't feel unbridled happiness in my heart. I felt like I recognized it later. Of course, I said to her, oh, congratulations. But I hung up and I realized in my heart, I, I didn't feel that happiness. And I did my 10-step work on it. And it was revealed to me in my own selfishness that, oh, I wanted my kids to be important to her. And giving that over, that she wasn't getting my most genuine self. So that's an example of where I was withholding. So it can be any disturbance, it does not need to be just a resentment. Resentment is from the Latin word resentire, to refeel. You can, we can all refeel anxiety. We can all refeel anger. So um, it's, it's important. I remember that because it's not just a resent. It's not just like a resentment toward that person in the typical way we know. All right. So 
I was last going to say for those, I'm, I don't know the group. Um, it might be overwhelming if you're just going through for a first time and aren't familiar with steps four through nine. So just to please trust about the stairs one at a time, by the time you got, get to 10 that, you know, um, our journey, journey, your journey takes you to 10 that, uh, this will make more sense. So I do, I, I do entertain any questions, but this might be a lot for people who've never done a four step, for instance, because a 10 step is a four through nine. All right. So here we go. I'm going to give an example of resentment. Um, I'm going to just call up a sheet here so you all can see it. Now these sheets come from someone else's website and I'm happy to share what those are. They're just, it's all it is, is pulled from the big book. I'm gonna just take out this top portion. Those are just directions. I'm just gonna take them out because all we have are these lines, right? So I'm gonna give an example that happened the other day for me. I'm resentful at, so I'm going through my day, boom, disturbance. Okay. I'm resentful at my friend, Freddie. Why? She's so successful in her career. We're both artists. She's so successful. I'm jealous. I'm very jealous of her. She always receives the grants. She's always getting the accolades. Um, I, um, She's always on to the next project. She's putting time in effortlessly when she has kids too. I'm jealous. Then we just go through this third column. What does it affect? Well, I just check things. It affects my personal relations with her because again, she's not getting my genuine self. She doesn't know I'm jealous, I don't think, but I'm withholding. And this is, this is, this is actually more of a past resentment, but I will say there were times where I didn't want her to get something because I didn't want her to have success, which it's hard for me to admit, but that is the truth. Uh, so personal and relations with her, it affects my sexual relations because I bitched to my husband about her. Um, it affects my ambitions, what I want with my career. It affects my self-esteem, how I feel about myself. It affects my security, my pocketbook, because I'm not getting the work and she is. And it affects my fear. My fear because I don't feel worthy. I'm not worthy. I'll never be worthy. She's going to get it and I'm not. This column is very important. Every inventory, there's three inventories. One's resentments, one's fear, and one's conduct. Everyone has a prayer. There's a reason for that. Very important we do this prayer. So God, my attitude. Sometimes we can say that person is sick. Sometimes I just recognize my attitude is sick. So we can say that. My attitude is sick. And I really, sometimes I don't want to say this prayer, but I just do it anyway. God, my attitude is sick. Please help me show it the same tolerance, love, and compassion I grant a sick friend. Save me from this jealousy and be of service. Then I get to look at my part. Where am I being selfish? I'm making this about me. You know, I deserve this. I deserve that. The honest truth, I'm being dishonest because you want to know something? Freddie's putting the work in. I wasn't. Freddie's sitting down every day and doing it. And the honest truth is I'm not. What do I think it's going to be handed to me on a silver platter? No, I need to put the work in. I need to put the time in. So I was being dishonest. I also do this thing like, well, she's from Europe and in Europe, they are so nice with the arts there. They have the grants. Like, we have grants here, honest truth. 
So I can see my selfishness. Sometimes people really balk at selfishness. All selfishness is, is what I want, when I want it, how I want it. Sometimes I think of it as like self-orientation or self-involvement or self in, um, selfhood, where it's all about me. And I picture like, Amy, right now you think you're the sun and all the planets are rotating around you. No, you're not. You know, and so really giving God, and we'll get to that in our six and seven, right? Because the 10 is a four through nine. So we're going to get to step six and seven. But selfishness is self-orientation, what I want when I want it. Honesty, we talked about dishonest, being dishonest. And oftentimes I'll flip that and say, oh, well, what's the honest truth? The honest truth is, this is the, tr this is the honest truth. I feel sometimes in life that if, if there's a pie, right? Cause I'm a food addict. I want to better use, better use a pie analogy. If there's pie there and you get a piece, that's one piece less for me. And I realized this talk, I don't know where it came from. It's not important, but I have this dishonesty in my head that I continually give over. That's, that's not just not true. My higher power, there's abundance for everybody. And just because someone has wonderful success, I can put down this idea that it's less for me and instead embrace the abundance of what that is. So that's the honest truth. Self-seeking, what's the difference between self-seeking and selfishness? I look at self-seeking as I'm acting on it like where I'm, okay, I'll, if I have a resentment against my mother-in-law and then I rope my husband in to see your mom does this and your mom, that's me self-seeking. Like we're in front of a jury and I'm going to rope in my husband into it, or I'm going to compliment you because I want you to like me. I really don't like what you're wearing, but let me compliment you. It's like more of an outward manipulation for me, self-seeking um, uh, than selfishness. And then frightened, I've, we've, I've talked about my fear is I'm not enough. Okay. So that's the 10 step. We can work it backwards. If I put down these defects, so let me get to six and seven first. I do this work. I don't always do it on paper. Um, I don't always do it on paper. I, I, um, I've done them so much that I know how to do them in my head. However, I do notice when I get one that I'm starting to get real heady on, like, let me complicate this, or let me try and rationalize this, or when I start to get that way, I realize, oh, I need to put this on paper because I'm starting to spin into making it real complicated. It's not. So I'll put that on paper. It's true. But what the next, I just wanted to point out, if you can work this backwards by saying, if I put down these defects, I no longer have these, these um, effects of self, you know, that are affected are these these things, the step in, in the third column that are affected, I no longer have the cause and I'm no longer resentful or jealous of Freddie. It works when we put it down the other way. So that's a, I thought, I thought that was cool. And I learned like, oh, it's, it's moving both ways. <laughs> it's not just moving this way. God is helping me see the better way of living, right? It's a design for living that works. Six and seven are where it's at for me because, and this is what's been taught. It's so easy to breeze over six and seven. We go right from it's these, do I own amends? So in this situation, eight and nine, I, I don't owe Freddie an amends. I didn't feel I did. And we skip over six and seven because eh, 
they're just two little paragraphs in the big book. Come on now, we can. I have found in my work that six and seven are the plumb line. They are where the change is. Where four and five are active and eight and nine are active, we're doing something. Cause not every, um, you know, for the most part, if we have an amends to make, right? It's we're doers, right? We're overeaters, man, we're doers. I know that, right? I've met so many overeaters who just are that way, but six and seven are subtraction because that's where we're imagining and people do different ways, but we do, we say to ourselves, step six, am I willing to give this over or do I still wanna hold on to it? Let's face it, some of us like our defects. We can be caustic and funny sometimes, make people laugh, maybe at other people's expenses, right? Sarcasm is fun sometimes. We like them. So I have to ask myself in six, am I, am I really willing, God? Am I willing to put this down? There are times where I'm not. I just feel like I can't, I can't, no, not yet. And I pray for the willingness. And within a day, I, I realize, okay, I can't afford to hold on to this. Like I'll be eating. You know, I, maybe not next week, maybe not next month. But if I continue to live in this defect, uh, I will, I, I feel the, all of a sudden the cake will be a great idea. Suddenly I found myself, you know, putting whiskey in my milk or eating the cake. So, or whiskey in my, or milk in my whiskey. So I, six and seven, I'm really learning are about people do different things. Am I willing? And then doing that seven step prayer. Some people get on their knees. Uh, some, I like to just have my palms, my arms out, my palms up as if I am, because God's not going to grab, my higher power is not going to grab my defect out of my body if I'm unwilling. Uh, I haven't found that. Uh, and no amount of self-will is going to also decrease the, the defect or get rid of the defect, right? We can't get rid of self-will with self-will. We can't, this is about with a hammer in my hand, am I willing to stop this? Think of things differently. Put down the hammer. And when the hammer goes down is when I can ask God for guidance and really act the opposite, people say here, or act the asset or uh, stop the behavior, be willing to stop the behavior with God's guidance. Do I always feel better after a 10 step? Not always. Most times, yes, but sometimes I still feel crummy. That's okay. No one promised we're going to feel great all the time. That's not gonna. So it's okay that I don't sometimes feel great after a 10 step. I just say, when you're ready, God, for me to feel better, it'd be great right now, <laughs> but you know, on, on my higher powers time, but I will, I'll get to a different resentment or different one later, but over time with this six and seven, I do notice like the other day, something happened and I was like, this is not me. I can't believe it. You know, it has to do with money, which I'll get to, but I was doing something that I never thought I would do uh, with money and it's happening because I was willing to put it down. My higher power doesn't like a vacuum, right? If the, if, if, if the space is there and I've created the space to be there, help will come. So that's what I mean by kind of like a subtraction or a creating space and willing to put it down. It's hard to articulate six and seven because I think sometimes, you know, spiritual matters are sometimes hard to articulate because it's a language of the heart and it's hard to put words sometimes to these things. So um, 
eight and nine we've talked about. In this case, I didn't have an amends. There are some times where I do. I would bark at my kids and feel like, oh, I owed my kids an amends. Say, I'm sorry, or my husband an amends. So we are aware that 10 is eight through is a four through nine. Does this take a lot of time? How much time, how much time does our binging take? How many hours and days and years have I wiled away in my food addiction? In front of the couch, picking out, not wanting anyone to bother me, leave me alone, don't talk to me. You know, how many hours? This does take some time. It can be fast. Sometimes you're just on the phone for seven minutes with another person. The last thing I'll say is, uh, uh, sorry, I forgot that when we, we'll, when Natalie's up for the fear inventory, we'll, it'll be like, oh, someone's called me for a 10th step. And this is how we do it and listen. Um, but it's sometimes quite short. The most important thing though, is that we first do our, our 10th step with our higher power. And that's what it says here. It says, uh, where does it say we ask God? Sorry, everybody. Oh, that's because I'm on the wrong page. That would be why. Here it is. Um, when these crop up, we ask God at once. I love this word at once to remove them. So it's first, we don't run to the phone. Oh my gosh, I've got to tell my sponsor right now. It's first with our higher power. We've right entered the world of the spirit and we're nurturing and fanning the flame of this relationship that's going to be ongoing and for a lifetime and be full of miracles. And it's with our higher power first. Then we call someone. Do you have to do it right then? What if you're in a meeting? Of course not right then. You could be in the car with your kids and it's not a good time. You could be with your mom and it's not a good time. You could be with your husband or you're in a job, you're in your at work. No, just soon, as soon as you can, you can call and basically spend seven minutes on the phone. And then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. It doesn't necessarily have to be hearing someone else's 10 step, although that that's great when that happens. When I call someone for a 10 step and they're like, do you have time? And I'm, yes, I have time too. And then you're doing service at the same time someone did service with you and it's a beautiful thing. So, um, but it could also be for me personally, I mean, any service of getting out of self, helping somebody else. Love and tolerance is our code. All right. I think that's it for the resentment portion of it when these arrive. Another one it says, and we'll get to that and I'll see if there's questions about that part. But another thing it says is, it says fear, right? Continue to watch for selfishness, designing resentment and fear. So Natalie will dive into the fear, but first, are there any questions before we move to that? Yes, I have a question. Um, you had mentioned that you found yourself withholding um, when you had this resentment against a friend. Could you elaborate a bit what you meant by withholding? What, ah, yes, thank you. Thank you for the question. Withholding my genuine self to her, that what she was getting in my reaction of like, oh my gosh, you got that grant, that's amazing. I was knew that those words were coming to her, but they weren't in my heart because I was filled with some jealousy about that. So although she might have heard it that way, I don't think truly it made a difference to her. But although she heard it that the way I knew in my heart that I was I was carrying jealousy around. 
another thing. So it wasn't genuine. It, I realized it's same with the babysitter. I was saying, congratulations. That's amazing. But then when I hung up, I realized I have, there's something going on with me. So it's not giving someone my genuine self. And then over time, if I didn't with her do my work on jealousy over time, what might that look like? Might it look like not wanting to hear from her? Might it look like not reaching out to her? Might it look like with not, not nurturing our friendship like I used to? Like in what ways would that wedge of jealousy have kind of taken over my, you know, me diving into my defects, not, not giving it to my higher power? What way would that have tainted our friendship over time? Same with the babysitter, you know? Would I not give them gifts on their birthdays? Would I, would I not want to talk to her because she's not talking enough about my kids? And so that's what I meant about genuine self. Thank you. Thank Anything you. else? Wonderful. Natalie, tell us about your experience doing fear. And thank you for doing this today. Yeah, you're welcome, Amy. Uh, I'm Natalie, compulsive overeater. And do you want to do it like I'm calling you or just like oh, we did the you. other day? Thank you. Yes. So I would get a text from Natalie, say, and it would say, do you have time for a 10 step? Yes, I do. So now she's calling me. Go Amy, could you just hear a 10 step that I did on some fear I have? Yes, I would love to. Go ahead. So I wrote, I'm fearful of not making enough money. Why do I have the fear? Because it feels like I'm not getting hired as much to do voiceovers, which is what I do. By the way, this is a real fear that I have lately. Uh, Amy asked me to work one up. So, and what does it affect? It affects my security for sure. That's money and even my self-image. Uh, it affects my self-esteem, my ambitions and my personal relationships, not just with the other uh, people that I do voiceover with, but also my husband and my friends and even my relationship with myself because I'm afraid. And I, now I start to doubt what I, I can do. And then I had learned a while back that you can do, is it selfish? The, the, the fourth column you can do in a fear. And I think it's beautiful. So um, is it a selfish fear? Yes. Because like Amy said, I want things to go the way I want them to. And that's all selfishness is. I want everything to happen in my time the way I want it to. And it's not. I'm afraid it's not going to happen the way I want it to. Ah, it's definitely selfish. And is it dishonest? Hell yes. It's dishonest because I have always made money doing voiceover since I started doing it. I've always made enough. It's also dishonest, as Amy mentioned about the jealousy with her friend, I haven't been auditioning as much. I haven't been putting the time in as much. I've just slowly but surely kind of and letting it kind of come to me as opposed to working it. So yeah, I'm afraid, but why am I afraid? Because I'm not doing what I should be doing. Then I asked the question, have I been relying on my finite self? or infinite higher power. And I have been relying on my finite self or I find other people. I've been relying on finite self, not just mine, but other people's mm -hmm. finite selves. And that never works because people are people and they, they're not gonna, they're not responsible for me. 
So it doesn't work. That question doesn't work. No, it doesn't. And then the prayer, that beautiful prayer, God, please remove my fear and direct my attention to what you would have me be, which is from the fourth step inventory in the big book. And so I, I sit and I wait to see what my higher power says to me. And a lot of times it's just a little idea that comes to me. Sometimes nothing comes and then it comes later in a, in a direction from somebody or a suggestion. So what came to me on this one was, hey, why don't you spend a little bit more time talking to me in the morning before you start your work? Why don't you ask me what you should do next? When an audition comes up, why don't you ask me to help you give the best audition that you can? Why don't you call on me more often? So that's what came up. Another thing came up is just to be open more to my higher power suggestions. Ooh, I love to cherry pick. I don't know about you guys, but oh, I love to cherry pick because you know, God has lots of great suggestions and I'm going, yeah, okay, uh, no, not that one, right? <laughs> Why don't I try them all? Well, I can always say no. It's like, I have the mind that says no, right away, no to any suggestion. And then because I've worked the program, I've gotten better at being like, well, okay, let me think about it. But you know, so God is saying, why don't you listen more to what I have to say? And then the, the last thing, which just made me go, oh yeah, that's right. Well, the suggestion was to just relax and enjoy that I like doing voiceover. I love my job. I love, love, love it. It's like the most amazing, it's the most amazing thing that's ever happened to me to find work that I love, that I can make a living at. And I have made a living at it. And I, I look at it like the fear gets in there and takes away all that joy and all that happiness. And that I only have that because I work this program and I rely on my higher power. So when I heard relax and enjoy doing this more, it was like, oh yeah, that's right. That's right. And one more thing that just came to me, another way that it's a dishonest fear is I believe that other people are the source of my abundance and they're not. My higher power is the source of my abundance. And so when I walk around acting like I'm the one or they are the one that, to provide it for me, that's so totally dishonest. I know it's my higher power. Okay, so that's what I would say to Amy. There's my step five. <laughs> so then um, in six and seven, I would identify what I see as my character defects. Well, uh, the four, right? Selfish, resentful, dishonest, afraid. Those are my four character defects that are always for everything. I can always find how I am those things, right? But I'm also hypocritical because I, um, I get... Like it, just as an Amy suggestion, I have colleagues that I do, we support each other in this great support group. And some colleague will be like, oh, I made over, I'm gonna make almost $200,000 this year in voiceover. And I'm like, oh, that's fantastic. And in my mind, I'm like, <laughs> right? I mean, that is what's going on, right? And, and then it comes out in the way I talk to the other members of a group, my group about that person. It's all like, I have to go like, oh, well, you know, I don't work as hard. I mean, he works a lot harder than I do. And, uh, so it, I'm, then I'm gossiping and I'm arrogant. The fear makes me crazy about money even beyond like that. So then when I'm talking to my husband about money or even about anything, I start getting snipey at my husband. I start getting controlling. I start getting suspicious. 
What is he doing with the money? What is he doing with the money? Why, why are we doing this? Right. And it just, it's like this amazing, horrible goop that just spreads over everything and brings up my worst character defects. So blaming all that stuff. And I cannot get rid of that by myself. I, you guys, I have been in therapy. I have tried. Anyway, um, so I would say those are the things that come up. And then I do the seventh step prayer. My creator, I'm now willing that you should have all of me. And I don't like to say good and bad. Just I'm willing that you should have all of me. I pray that you now remove from me every single character trait that stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me strength to go out from here and do your bidding is how I change it. So that's my favorite way to pray the seven step prayer. And then I do have some amends to make and that's to my hubby for the things that I do. And sometimes, it, you know, I can't tell you how many amends I've made to my husband. Oh my God. <laughs> He's supposed to be tired of <laughs> the poor guy. <laughs> and I'm, he likes to hear him. He's glad to hear him. I think for me, it's more important now to make a living amends. And one of the most amazing things I, I heard, if, if possible, when I'm behaving in ways I don't like, I can stop and say out loud, I'm not behaving the way I would like to. Can we just stop? I'm, I, I would like to be doing better in this situation. And then maybe that means I need to take a time out. Maybe that means I need to go, you know, write the 10 step down. I just need to say what the prayer in, in this paragraph, you know, please remove my resentment. I mean, that sometimes that's just enough to change my, my viewpoint. So this is all the stuff that I talked about with Amy when we talked about it before. And that's what I would do when I was talking to her. So that'd be my, my version of doing a fear inventory steps four through nine. Thank you. Thank you, Natalie. That's amazing, isn't it? We really see how the big book says fear is the evil and corrosive thread that shoots through the fabric of our existence. And we really can see how fear can do that. Um, so that then sometimes in a 10th step, that was beautiful. I, I love Natalie also where you were willing to go with, with your action steps with that. Um, uh, in, in terms of seven, uh, that took less than 10 minutes. And sometimes at the end, someone might say, do you have any feedback? Uh, and if so, I, I, would, I might say, I really, that helped me. I've been dealing with something very similar and um, you know, with similar defects and giving them over. And so that's all. I have done a 10 step a few times where I um, didn't know the person well. And I started to get advice on my marriage. And I'm gonna talk a little later about misconceptions and missteps about the 10th step, but that's not what we weigh in on. Uh, if someone called me and said, do I leave my husband? I have no idea. Uh, do I no longer talk to this friend? None of my business. I am not God, I have no idea. This is about our own work and our own spiritual journey, which is having another person be our witness. So weighing in on someone's marriage, weighing in on someone's friendship, weighing in on anything other than being a listening ear to me um, is not what the big book talks about. Uh, so thank you so much. I, I just wanna point out that where Natalie got that is again from, I'm gonna do a quick screen share. Oh, where are you? Fear inventory, fear. Uh, just so you see it, this again is just lifted 
from uh, that a similar website that I can post. Um, what am I fearful of? She talked about this. Why do I have the fear? Um, Natalie, did you write this down? Do, do you write down your fears or do you find you can do them in your head? Where are you on that? I, every night when I do step 11, which is, you know, we're not there yet, but that's also, you know, the, those questions are asked, where have I been selfish, resentful, dishonest, afraid? That is where I, then I farm, I farm, I write that out. And then if there's anything that's there, then yes, if it's not something I can do real quick in my head, I write it out, but I do find that writing it out just gives me the grace to, I, it, I go deeper because I can let it go. I'm not trying to hold everything in my head. So I would say I prefer writing it out. Great. I will do it fast though, if I'm in a moment and I need to. Got it. Thank you. So you have two examples then of one person who might do it more in their head and another who writes it out more. So that's, it's whatever you feel comfortable with. Where was my trust and reliance? Was it on finite self or infinite God? I think we know where we land. It's just, I find it a nice question to ask because it just brings me relief. Oh, I'm relying on my finite self. That's what I'm doing here. Did it work? No, it doesn't work. Does we have this fear prayer? And what will God have me be? In this, in this situation, um, what will God have me be? Uh, Natalie had specific things to do as well um, that she pointed out. And that's fine too. But it also is the word be. Sometimes it's not about doing and it's just being. Um, and then, like I said, she went into, well, one thing she added here, which I also do find helpful is stripping down the fear of where the other defects are. And she brought in selfishness and dishonesty. And I think that's helpful too. I know it's not on this sheet, so I don't mean to make it confusing, but like it's often time where they're all just picture them that sometimes they're all balled up into one thing, uh, or they're all together. They're all like, like little magnets clinging to each other. Um, that it's not uncommon if you have a fear that selfishness and, and dishonesty are involved in the fear. So um, she just dived into that to discover what that was. And again, if we work this sheet from right to left by asking God in and putting our fear down um, and then saying that seven, six, are you willing to give over the fear? She was. And step seven, doing that prayer of, um, of, of putting it down and, and, and acting the asset. Um, we don't, we don't think our way into right actions. We act our way into right thinking. And that's what she is talking about doing with, um, her voiceover work and, um, and putting down the fear. And, and then she gave the example of having an eight and nine to do. All right. Any questions about that before we go to the last one? questions about fear inventory or step six and seven or uh, making amends up to this point or I don't know anything else oh I see um, is it possible to get a link for these sheets and can you type them Yes, the link is, okay, first I'm just going to put up the vision. Someone asked earlier about vision for you on that website is a lot of information. It is, it is just a big book study meeting, but I just thought, I think someone wanted to know more about meeting time. So that's there. Where I got that information is oabigbook.info. That's where all these sheets are. If you go to oabigbook.info, you will see like this, you'll see kind of, I don't know why, but four things. And you, you click the, the turquoise sh uh, sheet. And in the left-hand left upper corner, 
of the turquoise sheet are all the inventory sheets that this is taken from. And they're just lifted out of the big book. That's all it is. It's not like some kind of, you know, new thing. All it is is taking language from those pages in the big book, not from 84, it's earlier because it's a step four, from the step four pages and putting them on a page. That's all it is. Any other questions? Good, okay. Well, if there are, please don't hesitate to ask. I realize this is a lot. So, or could potentially be a lot. So please let me know. Ah, okay. The last, and there's like we were saying, step four has three inventories. So we're gonna look at all three. I have to admit this one I don't use a lot. I was trying to think about why that is. And I'm gonna show it to you. This is what's called the sex conduct form. It's the last one. It's not just sex conduct. It's I, the way I've been taught to work. It's conduct too, not just sex conduct. Maybe it's because it was written by a lot of drunks, this book, and there was some sex conduct issues that they really had to look at, but it's also conduct in general. Now, I was wondering why I don't use this a lot. I think it's because by the time I've got, to, you'll, you'll see like, whoa, this sheet's different. Yes, it is. If you're working through the steps, either as, because you're coming off a relapse or because you're in the steps for the first time and you get to step four, and this is the third inventory, this, um, this is necessary and as a launching pad for steps eight and nine, sometimes. But I think I don't use it a lot because by the time I get to whom I've hurt, it's usually already embedded in a resentment and fear. And so I address a lot of these things already, but I did think of a few things that I could put on here. Okay, whom did I hurt? So I'm gonna do another one of whom I hurt even though it probably would have gone on as a resentment earlier, but just for the sake of the exercise, because I do love the prayers and I love this idea of molding my ideals. I hurt my husband. Where was I being selfish? I was being selfish because uh, we're renovating a home and I put it all entirely on him to deal with the budget. It was dishonest of me because we are equal opportunity partnership. And I was um, thinking, I kind of couched it, oh, he's better at it. And he he can handle it better. And it was very inconsiderate of me because it was a lot he was dealing with on top of work as well. And um, it wasn't, it was inconsiderate, my actions. I was definitely arousing bitterness. He wasn't saying that, it came out later, but I could tell that my lack of helping him with the budget, with the house and the renovation was causing bitterness. Where was I at fault and what should I have done instead? When we got the budget, worked on it together, figured out which part of the budgets he could look more at. Maybe he would be more in charge of the demolition and these parts and I could be more in charge of the design and fixtures and these parts. Just handled it differently. By the way, I did a lot of resentment work around money and fear around money and that's how this all came up. It was selfish of me. God, it's not a sex prayer, it's just a prayer. It can be just a prayer. Please mold my ideals and help me to live up to them and show me what to do about this specific matter. 
well, what are my right ideals here? Well, my right ideals are to be helpful in the partnership and to, you know, certainly in life, as we move through a, a partnership with someone, there's going to be things like that they end up doing and that I end up doing. But this was so lopsided. So it was getting the budget out, dusting it off. I was, I really felt this was God's guidance. I don't think I'd, I know if I were in the food, there's no way in hell I would be doing this work. It really came from a higher power. I dusted it off. I looked at all the components. It was very confusing. And I sat at the desk and figured it all out of what everything was. And there was a stack of paper I needed to look through. I took hours to do it. Again, I really didn't feel alone. I felt my higher powers guidance. I took hours to do it. And I finally said to him, I'm ready to talk now about the budget. I'm ready to talk about where we've gone over, where we're under, what, you know, and he, after we met for probably, we spoke, we made time over the weekend. I didn't do it at night when I'm tired and he's tired. We made time. And uh, I, afterwards he said, thank you so much. I felt really alone in this and um, I feel a lot better now. I couldn't believe it. I really still can't believe it. To hear him say that when he was holding all that in really taught me about what, what I had done and what I'm gonna do going forward. I also am a late on a lot of bills. I don't know why I'm late. I'm, I, I do know why it's this fear I have about money and not wanting to know things and just covering it all up. And I'm now on a certain app that helps me manage the money and tells me when my bills are due. Cause there was a time he came to me and he said, I don't know if we can refinance our house with your credit rating. I was terrible. So, you know, this stuff works. <laughs> it really does. Uh, I'll say one more about that conduct sheet that was brought to mind because we're talking about right ideals. I was working with someone and she said, I don't know about my conduct in this situation. So we talked about it and we put it, she put it in the list in this framework that we just talked about. She was in class. They were all on, you know, everyone. And she was, she's an undergraduate. She was in class and they were all on their computers. And um, one girl was one young woman in, in this undergraduate class was speaking. And the other, the others were, I messaging mean things about her, about this one speaking. It wasn't the woman who came to me. My point is like, she worked through, what are your ideals? You know, she, she saw these five girls saying, young women saying something mean about this young woman and she did nothing. And I don't have an answer, but we did work through, she did work through this conduct of like, she stayed quiet for that class but is that the right thing for her to do? So God, please help me mold my ideals. Where was I selfish or inconsiderate? You know, what do I do instead next time this happens in a class? Do I say in the chat, this is inappropriate and tell these girls at the risk of them now targeting me. So those are the things that can crop up, I think, in, in, uh, in, in, our, in, that, in that conduct form. So um, let me see if there's anything else with that. Again, we can work it backwards, right? We can say, God help mold my ideals. And then soon I find out my, con right? We act our way into right thinking. 
that I don't need to be afraid of the money. Uh, I can handle it. In fact, another bill came in and I didn't hide it. Usually I'm just like, I'll get to that later. I right away, I looked at it right away. I understood which category it went into. And it's just, so, um, again, what are we doing here? You could see from Natalie doing it, the relief she has. The, we're doing this to clean the streets. We're doing this to clean our side, um, to have relief. Why? So that we're with our higher power and the food doesn't call to us. We're gonna get to what those 10 step problems is in a minute. If there are no questions though, I will go on to mis misconceptions, common misconceptions about 10 step. Any other questions about the conduct form? That's the last. And you saw the prayers in that too. So again, each of the inventories have these beautiful prayers. All right, common misconceptions. Getting into narrative. Well, okay, I have resentment against my dad. Well, you see what my dad did and the 10 years ago this happened and then this happened. You saw how clean Natalie was. There's no narrative. No, there's no story. Why? What are we doing when we get back in the story? When I get back in the story, I'm recenturing, I'm revving it up. So we stay away. In the big book under step four, it has more than it has no more than 19 words under why we have a resentment or why we have a fear. So sometimes you'll hear someone say, keep it under 19 words. And that's just because it's it's just a way of saying, like, keep it the essential ingredients. We don't need to hear the narrative. Uh, it's just the nuts and bolts getting down to causes and conditions, right? We're just looking at what the unsaleable goods, we're just talking about them. We're not doing our whole history around what's unsaleable, just getting down to that. So uh, I often hear this from sometimes from my sponsees, you know, I'm gonna journal about it. I journaled my way in to passive suicidality. I journaled for years. I'm not knocking journaling, but if we're using, if journaling had worked, I would not be here right now. I don't even know what journaling means. Of course, if, if, it, if it, I don't know, it just to me is like, if that's what helps you get into the columns, great. Uh, so I don't wanna knock that, but uh, journaling can be, I think, uh, a way that we spin into our own narrative again. So I think it's just wise to be careful about it. Not that it's not a good thing, but it's how it's used. Um, only going to a 10-step buddy, not to God. God first, always. Uh, refusing to do it uh, or not believing that we have to do it. Ah, oh, that one's that's just nothing. You know, so that's a little one. Uh, oh, I haven't harmed anyone. I don't need to do it. We do it whether we've harmed someone or not. It's not the question. It's just any new disturbance, not just a resentment. We talked about that that I can solve any new disturbance simply by praying about it. Oh, I'm gonna pray about it. I'm gonna pray about it. We saw how deep Natalie went, especially with the, the idea that this is a true passion for her is voiceover. Like we all heard that, how amazing to be witness to someone who loves what they do. That if she had simply just prayed about it, she never would have gotten any of those things. Same with me and the jealousy or other many other 10 steps I, I've done uh, with getting to the, the nuggets. If I just pray about it, no. It's getting to, uh, it's getting to what the stuff is, the defects that I'm that I'm living in. There's a story in the back of the book that is about this, 
if I pray for two weeks, that story. So I, I don't think the story is a substitute for what that means. I think that's taken in a certain context. And certainly I do sometimes pray for two weeks if I'm still holding on to stuff, but that's again, after I've done the work. That we can take care of new disturbances by go to 90 meeting in 90 days. The meetings are great, but they're not a substitute for this work. That if I say, let it go enough, it'll happen. Let it go. Just let it go, Amy. Just let it go. You can hear the self-will in there. You know, resentment is like a bonding agent. It will bond to us. So if I could say, let it go, I would have, again, not be, a, I would have solved my food problem, even though food isn't the problem. It's what I used as a solution, but that would have been gone long ago. Um, that we can be free of it by making a promise of a future behavior. I'll just do this in the future now. A lot of self-will. Confusing 10 steps with, 10, with 11, they are different. 11 is improving our conscious contact with God. 10 is, is this sweeping. 11 step we do do throughout the day, it's pausing when agitated or doubtful. I look at it as like, I, try, I pray throughout the day, some days more than others. But when, and I do pause when agitated or doubtful, that's part of step 11. But when that pause, I realize, oh, this is a resentment. Or I'll be like, no, 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 I'm fine, I'm fine. But the next morning I'll say, oh, you know what? That's a resentment. Then I do the resentment. But sometimes pa pausing is great. Pausing is where it's at. Natalie talked about that. But sometimes in our pause, we can either calm ourselves and it's before resentment or any disturbance, great. Or it's already there and we know what to do. So the 10 and 11 are different steps. This is not a maintenance step. This is a growing step. The big book talks about that. Our next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. So it's about constant growth, which is why I feel like six and seven are so critical about that. And um, for me, the biggest one is none of this would be true if I was still in the food. What does that mean to be entirely abstinent? You know, it means that on Friday night, I'm not going to this one restaurant. Oh, I'm clean. I'm clean. But I'm going to this one restaurant because they serve these amazing Brussels sprouts. It's all clean food, though. I can start to tell I'm going to that restaurant because I'm getting an effect from that one food that's abstinent. That's got to stop because that's what's. There's two doors. We're either with our higher power or we're with the food. It, and we're acting as the foods are how, how we, I've learned through that six year relapse, I can't use food in any effect at all. It's entirely down. And then I get the promises of 10 steps. All right. So now let's go into what those promises are. What are we promised? Every step has promises. It's so beautiful. It's not just ninth step. Um, sorry, speaking, sorry, of ninth step. So when this says this thought brings us to step 10 that Carrie read earlier at the, at, on that page 84, what is this thought? This thought is that previous thought, they will always materialize if we work for them. What's they? The ninth step promises that are on page 84 that have started on 83. So we're given these promises when we do this work, not just me, everybody. And are they extravagant? You know, it's so great when you're at a meeting and someone says, the leader says, or whoever's leading that meeting, are these extravagant provinces? And everyone says, we think not. And everyone, it's like a chorus of people, we think not. It's so moving. 
they are being filled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly, they will always materialize if we work for them. This is the thought that brings us to step 10. I love that. I think that's amazing. All right, so that's our ninth step promises. We don't need to read them, but you can read them on your own if you'd like. But um, what are our 10 step promises? Could someone please read from the bottom of 84? Um, just that paragraph to stop at, is it, it is easy to rest up on the spiritual program of Accent, or just that one paragraph, if anyone doesn't mind reading that. I can read that. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, and we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol. For by this time, sanity will have returned. We will seldom be interested in liquor. If tempted, we recoil from it as if from a hot flame. We react sanely and normally, and we will find that this has happened automatically. We will see that our new attitude toward liquor has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. It just comes. That is the miracle of it. We are not fighting it, neither are we avoiding temptation. We feel as though we had been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. We have not even sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. It does not exist for us. We are neither cocky nor are we afraid. That is our experience. That is how we react so long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. I mean, I tried for years to do that on my own and it never worked. And here I am reading these promises and so moved by what you just read because I'm experiencing that. I live in a household with three teenage boys and a husband. They don't eat like I eat. There's, their stuff's all over, you know? I don't want it. It's totally neutral. If it's not neutral, sorry, there's sirens. If it's not neutral and it's just like, if the dial goes to 11, 11 because of Spinal Tap, if any of you have seen it, but if the dial goes to 11 and it's, it's, on, it's neutral, it's on zero. If it's a hair up, like, I noticed something like, oh my gosh, that, that was weird. I just noticed that whatever it is, sugar infested cake, you know, whatever sugar flour concoction, that's what's happening. I tell my sponsor about it and cause and it's, it can be just a fleeting thing, but I want to pay attention. Or if I have a dream, if I have a food dream that I picked up, something's going on and I, I look at, okay, I'm in, ten, I'm living in 10, 11 and 12. What's happening. Maybe, um, I, uh, am not sponsoring as much maybe because someone left the program or I wasn't the right person, or they didn't want to put a food substance down and, and realize they don't want, no, they no longer want to work with me or, you know, or, or I'm just being lazy and I haven't done my work to let people know I'm would like new sponsors. So is it 12? Is it 11? Have I short timed my meditation in the morning? Have I not been pausing enough throughout the day? Usually it's 10. Usually, because at this point, it's not a food allergy. My food's down. It, it, it's not something I'm, I know now what's, I'm mean, not that it can't change over time and I become allergic to something else, but most likely it's 10, step 10. And there's something that's rattling around and my being that I'm not looking at, that it's like, oh, okay, it's that. And I can do work around it and share it with a, my sponsor or another fellow. Um, and then 
it goes back to being neutral again. And I know like, oh, it'll be like a day later, I'll be like, oh, that, that left, it's not there anymore. So these promises are coming true and are, are true. And yeah, they just happen. The beauty is too, when it happens with the food, the miracle happens with the food, we realize, oh, well, if it can happen with the food, then I can give God my other defects and it can happen there too. And that's really cool to have that, like to really start to trust in my higher power. I'm trying to think if there's anything else to say about those promises. I talked about it, the dials being up. Yeah, I think that's good. And I was talking with a sponsee the other day and she's like, I just started a new job and I'm at the microwave and the cookies are right there. And she's just starting. I, she said, do you, you know, I, I think I'll ask them to move the cookies or I'll move them. Fine, move the cookies. You know, if you're, if we're just starting out and our, our way home from work is taking us by 10, you know, fast food restaurants, go a different way home. You know, I'm not, but eventually I think we get to the point of neutrality, but still there's some things I wouldn't, like I don't have in my household period. And I, my family knows that. So there are still boundaries around like what I'm willing to look at in terms of their food. There's some foods I tell them, no, that, that won't never be in my house. When you are off to college, you can have as much that you want, but not here. So there are still, I don't mean to say like, it's everywhere. There are, I do have boundaries and, and around that stuff. Uh, all right, then just the last two paragraphs we finish up. Would anyone, this is a cautionary, the big book's give, given us this promise and now it's gonna give us some warning. So what are those warnings? If someone doesn't mind reading uh, the last two paragraphs. I can do that. Wonderful, thank you. Wait, can you give me the page again? Sure. Oh, I think page I have it. 85, okay. it, yep, thank you. It is easy to let up, is that? Right. Yes, it yes. is easy to let up on the spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels. We are headed for trouble if we do, for our alcohol is a subtle foe. We are not cured of alcoholism. What we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. Every day is a day when we must carry the vision of God's will into all our activities. How can I best serve thee? Thy will, not mine, be done. These are thoughts which must go with us constantly. We can exercise our willpower along this line if we wish. It is the proper, it is the proper use of the will. Much has already been said about receiving strength, in, inspiration, and direction from him who has all knowledge and power. If we have carefully followed directions, we have begun to sense the flow of his spirit into us. To some extent, extent we have become God conscious. We have begun to develop this vital sixth sense, but we must go further and that means more action. Stop thank there. You, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, the big book, always more action. We often joke that six and seven, you know, gives you one hour to pause and have a break. <laughs> Always more action. Uh, I love that what you just read. Thank you. Uh, yes. What does it mean when we rest on our laurels? The dial for me starts to go up. And if the dial gets too high, that's it. I mean, that's just it. I heard often said if it's between 
my emotions and my intellect with regards to the food, emotions will always win. And that is my experience. I could never talk myself out of not eating. I mean, it got so bad sometimes. It felt like a war in my head. Eat, don't eat, eat, don't eat. No, don't eat for this. Eat this. Da, 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 da. Like to the point where it was like, I had to eat because I had to stop the mental obsession. So mm-hmm. I know what resting on my laurels will do. We are headed for trouble if we do for food is a subtle foe. Yes, it is. We are not, we are not cured of this disease. We can say recovered though. The book uses recovered on the first page on the title page of this book. We're recovered, never cured. What we have is a daily reprieve, but we have a daily reprieve contingent on what? Contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. Every day is a day when we must carry. So it's just reiterating all the things we've talked about. Um, I just think it's beautiful right before we get to step 11 too. So there we have it, 10 step directions, 10 step promises, 10 step what happens when we don't do the directions. Uh, And I love this sixth sense. How amazing is that? We've developed a vital sixth sense. And then the idea of it being the proper use of the will yeah, God gave us in the step 11, it says God gave us a brain to use, right? So let's use it. But the proper use of it is in line with what higher power, what our higher power is, is guiding us to do. I think that's it for me. Like I can maybe do one more. I realize it's 220. I have a question. Yeah, please. Um, could you give a specific, because I, I, I love this of the journey, maybe in your own example of, of the journey from that disturbance to the food and what it might look like, because I know what it looks like for me. I'd like to hear what it looks like for you. You know what I mean? Like you get a disturbance. What is that journey? Like, how, how does that come? What does that look like for you? And and then, you know, oh my God, I'm suddenly in the food. Do you understand what I'm asking? Oh yeah. Suddenly, right. We're suddenly in the food. That's what it feels like. If we really look at it though, so having relapsed many, many times over many years, relapse is not an event, relapse is a process. It feels like an event to us, but it's not, it's a process. When we really look at it and and examine it and it's large scope and with, with a bird's eye view, it's a process. And it starts for me, it used to. I Part of my food plan now is no extra bites. I don't need anything extra. Because when I start, so Natalie, you asked though, this is how it started for me. Extra bites. It's it's abstinent food. Extra licks. I'm being too perfectionistic. Extra tastes. So now self-will's entered because now I I think I have it, right? It's like uh, I've, um, I've not, I need a plan I follow where I'm not just deciding what I'm going to eat. What I, how can I say this? When I start to eat extra, that means I've got it. I've got this. And when I think I've got this, then the volume starts to go up, even if it's abstinent food. And when the volume starts to go up, even when it's abstinent food, then I'm in the food and I can still be working 10, 11 and 12. And it still looks okay from most people's point of view, but already I'm using food to medicate and for an effect by volume. 
then I'm sure things slip under the cracks that I, I'm not aware of. When the dial goes up, I'm not aware. I'm doing less 10 steps. I'm still working the program, but it's not with full abstinence. And then all of a sudden, wow, does that pizza, I remember one time, it's, I, I've relapsed so many times, but here's one. I'm out to lunch with my kid. We're out at a new pizza place. Funny, I let us all go to like the new pizza place right? It's like already the disease is in my head. And I see him eating. I was like, you know, I think I can just have one piece of that. Like if I just have one piece of that, I think I'm fine. I, I really, I can convince myself of this. And then I'm eating one piece and then that's it. It's that's done a piece of pizza. I remember hearing one, one woman on the phone say her a hundred pounds were gained from a piece of pizza thinking she could eat a piece of pizza. And I, I, I hear that. I don't know if that answered it well. It's just like the extra bites, then roll into more extra bites, then roll into this. because, And then I think I've got the food under control when I don't have the food under control at all, ever. That's why I have a food plan I follow. It's neutral territory. I just follow the plan um, as, you know, surrender to it. It's a surrender. So I've, you know, I've been making cookies with my boys and all of a sudden, suddenly I'm eating the whole batch. It feels so suddenly, but it, it happened long before that with all these extra bites and licks and tastes. And then the food is calling me. The food, when I'm abstinent, right? It doesn't come out like, oh, go and eat a bag of chips or go eat ice cream. It starts little, the disease knows. It starts little, like just have a little of this. It won't hurt you. Just have a little of that. It won't hurt you. And I'm good. Everything's fine. you know. It's the gym story in the book with more about alcoholism, right? He failed, he, the alcohol was down, but he failed to enlarge his spiritual life. And then all of a sudden he's at a cafe or yeah, at, a, at a roadside diner and he's agitated as all get out, right? Disturbed. Um, what do we, what do we say when, when we're, what are our three things we say? Oh, shoot. And it'll come to me and he's disturbed. And, and now he's putting whiskey in his milk. And he thinks that's sane. How many times have I done stuff like that? Well, I think it's really sane if I have a piece of pizza right now. Nothing, uh, no problem. Little glass of wine, ah, that's fine. And then there are the binges where it's like, I do not care. I'm gonna go and do that right now because that's gonna make me feel better. And it does for a very short period of time. It does, but then it brings me to pulling a car in a garage and wanting to keep it running and close the garage door. That's where it'll land me. I know that. I have a question. Yes. You know, I've been around the program a really long time. And um, and I know I've done all the steps, but you know, you never can learn uh, too much. But I think this is the first time, and I, this is gonna be a silly question, but are you saying that your food plan because alcohol, giving up alcohol is very different. You give it up. I've been sober and clean a long time. I know we don't talk about other programs, but I need to bring this in. And I just didn't drink, of course, with God's help. But anyway, so what are you telling, you're saying is that your plan of eating is the key to the same as giving up alcohol? 
because we have to take the tiger out of the cage three times a day. And some of us have to have snacks. So, but you're saying that I'm hearing you say is that when you get a food plan, then that's where you're abstinent. Then you're abstinent. Thank you so much for the question. Uh, yes, I don't have to take any tiger out of a cage. I really don't. I, I, before I went to this meeting, I had my food for my food plan. I enjoyed it. It was delicious. It's to my food plan. There was no tiger out of a cage. None. Even if I had, I do have a snack. I have three square meals a day and a snack as provided by my nutritionist. I go to a nutritionist now for nutrition. I don't go to try to solve my food problem. That never worked. So there's no tiger out of any cage. Yes, so like an alcoholic or like a heroin addict or like any pill popper, anyone else, right? Same body, different head. What we, what, how I've learned it is that what does entire, from the doctor's opinion, what does entire abstinence mean for me as a food addict, as a compulsive eater? I gotta get real honest about what that means. Do I think that everyone in OA needs to weigh a measure? I do not. I know recovered compulsive eaters who have their three square meals a day. Maybe they have a snack. I don't know. I'm just saying three square meals who are recovered, but who have such very, very um, deliberate boundaries around their food. And they know exactly what their alcoholic ingredients, food ingredients are, that it's fine. For me personally, I need to weigh and measure. And so I have to figure out with my nutritionist and my sponsor, what food and what are my alcoholic food substances that I don't touch ever? I've surrendered those to my higher power. I cannot touch them. I will binge my brains out if I do. I will be back in the food. And also what are my food behaviors that land me in hot water? Some people it's sitting in front of a TV, standing and eating. Again, extra bites, licks and tastes or whatever. And so I, we all as OAers, we have a definition of what abstinence is. It's refraining from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors while working towards or maintaining a healthy body weight. What we all might have differently is our food plan. How much, what, to what degree that comes from a nutritionist and, or, or the OA dignity of choice, the pamphlet of OA that has a food plans in it that if my sponsees say, I don't have time or I don't wanna see a nutritionist right now, we say, okay, just pick something from that. Pick one of those food plans. And so, yeah. And then I have, I love, I, one of my dear friends is an AAer and uh, you know, she's clean. She knows what sobriety means. She doesn't touch alcohol. We were just went to a uh, vacation recently and you know, they do these aperitifs where they bring these aperitifs <laughs> to our table afterwards and we just ch chucked it. Like we weren't expecting it, didn't order it and boom, chucked it. She knows what entire abstinence means to her. And I know what entire abstinence means to me because my food plan tells me what entire abstinence is. I can't touch certain ingredients that you might be able to touch and then ours are different, but we both have our battened down the hatches, you know, you know, sealed uh, food plan. Now, could it change over time? It could, but I would never change it on my own. 
I would never be like, oh yeah, by the way, you know. Thank you. Yeah, sure. Oh, hi, I'm Jules, a compulsive reader, flower addict. Hi. Hi. I was wondering, does do you does anyone on online know about? I I love all the forms and all, and I but I think my big frustration is when I'm actually trying to do a tenth step. I have somebody had sent me at one time a a tenth step form that was, it's you know it's it's kind of okay or not but not great, um, and it combines you know four through um, you know four through nine a little bit. But what I find if I'm trying to do a 10 step sometimes is that I end up with, you know, all these forms and I'm, <laughs> it's like, does anyone have one 10 step form that's a little more complete or? Uh, well, I did put on there under oabigbook.info in the chat is where I get the forms. Um, when you say all one form, do you mean like the fear form on there and the resentment? And is that what you mean? Sorry, Jules, I just want to make sure I answer your question correctly. Um, so on that oabigbook.info are the forms. I find those uh, helpful. Other people use different forms. So it, maybe it's kind of, I just try to keep it simple. But okay. you can look there to see if there's something you like. Okay. Amy, could you repeat what you said at the very beginning? You blanked out on my... I'm so sorry. I wonder why I blanked out. Um, yeah, all I was saying is that at oabigbook.info is where I get my forms. I think they're pretty simple. I mean, pretty streamlined. But mm -hmm. if you, you know, if you find something different, great. It's whatever, it's whatever works that's getting us to that fourth column of our part. That's the key. Okay. All right. Thanks. If anybody online knows of anything, I'm going to put it in the chat. If you've seen anything else, please let me know. It's uh, Jules. And I'll put my name in the chat. So. Oh, thank you. Someone wrote restless, irrit irritated, and discontented. Thank you. Those are the words I was using. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Do I know those words? When I would be abstinent and I wasn't working this program. And, oh, God. That was called white knuckle abstinence. Restless, irritable, and discontented. Yes. Someone wrote, I have a form that I created that has my meal plan, action plan, movement, tasks for my day, what I did well for the day, gratitude, my 10th step. Great. So you can email Bridget and get that. Thank you, Bridget. Hey, Amy. Yeah. Uh, so you answered the question that I asked really well. And I was more talking about how do you experience it when it comes from that emotional upset? Like, uh, so, you know, cause we're talking about step 10 is like, what's the process for you? How, how long does it take for you to notice, Hey, I'm heading toward the food because <sighs> I've got because I've got something going on. You have some specific examples about that. You were asking what are kind of the indicators that I'm, I'm starting to manage life on my own. Yeah. And then how, how long does it, you know, what does it look like? Cause I think sometimes we miss those subtle cues. Like I'm heading toward the food, like, Oh, I'm feeling this way. And what am I craving something now that I wasn't, you know, if you have that, like, that's what I'm asking. If you experience that. Yes. Thank you. One is if the dial's up with anything with food, that's a, like even slightly up because it's neutral most of the time. So if it's not, that's a big clue. A dream is another one. I, maybe that sounds silly, but if I dream, it hasn't happened in a while. There's times I've called my sponsor that I had a dream last night. I picked up and it just, it terrified me. I woke up thinking, oh my gosh, have I broken my, you know, so it was like dreams can do it or just like general, um, 
like feeling depressed, uh, feeling down, feeling sorry for myself, self-pity, um, agitation toward my husband, agitation toward my children, feeling useless and getting back into like those bedevilments that we read about, you know, that I think are on 53, you know, feeling the bedevilments. Like, am I being, having trouble with my uh, personal relationships, you know, as my emotional nature off kilter, like just feeling restless, irritable, discontented in general, like just not spiritually aligned. Not that I walk around all day, like, you know, kumbaya, but just like, living in gratitude and living in a spiritual place. And oftentimes I'll find when I get, I'll give an example. I had to do a 10 step on the fog recently in Southern California. I know it sounds silly. Like I, I feel kind of stupid saying it, but I did have to do a 10 step on fog because it was really, I was starting to bitch and moan about the fog because I do feel it affects me. Um, but there's something I can do with my hair power and gratitude. So it's doing that work of, you know, enough, Amy, with complaining about the weather. My goodness, you know, this is about being of service today. And so I hope that answers your question. But I think maybe, maybe that's about the 11 of just like pausing when agitated or doubtful and asking for the right answer. The big book says constantly, you know, that we constantly say, your will not mine be done, you know? saying to ourselves many times each day. So it could be also just that pausing. Thank you for that question. Anyone else? Um, we also have in the chat that Region 7 also offers a journal with daily pages, meal plan, evening review, and gratitude list, as well as writing. I have a question. Yeah. So I have 30 years of sobriety, and I have been avoiding... OA for 30 years or plus. Um, I probably was born, uh, you know, an addict and food was my first choice of drug. And then I found drugs and alcohol. And for a long time that worked. And uh, so I've recently um, surrendered to OA. And I also connected with this two-way prayer group where I have really connected with my higher power. I found a sponsor that has a female higher power, which I was like, I can get down with that. I need female energy in my life because one of the reasons I ate compulsively is because things that were doing to me that shouldn't have been done to me as a child. So I have this huge dose of fear, like, and I know it comes from scripts of past pain or whatever. But there was a time where I used to think about death or dying probably 150 times a day. And it's so unhealthy. And I don't do that now. And I could totally get what you were talking about, Amy, because in October, I was cap sitting for a friend. And I would have to back into her garage. And almost every day I would say, oh man, it'd be so easy just to back into this garage and go to sleep. And you know, I don't want that for myself, but I still had those thoughts. And, um, you know, my relationship ended because of my food addiction. Because when he met me, I was weighing and measuring my food. But that piece of pizza that he was eating 
I said, I'm going to have a cheat day. I can have pizza with you. And I gained half of the weight. I, I released 160 pounds before I met him and I gained half of the weight back. And he, you know, we broke up because I was no longer happy and I was hiding my food addiction. I guess what I'm saying is like, besides praying to my higher power and doing all the work that I'm doing, what else can you do to stop the squirrel, the hamster squirrel in your head about fear and, and anything? Cause I'm like, it comes up not as much as it used to. I do not think of death and dying 150 times a day anymore, maybe 10, but it's still like that unhealthy voice in my head. And is there something else that I could be doing or that I'm not doing? I feel like I'm doing a lot right now. I'm, I'm doing a, a workshop and I'm going to, I'm going to meet with my, my workshop partner and go over it. Um, but yeah, like, does, I know I've had food neutrality before. Um, and I almost drank alcohol because, and gave up my sobriety because of my food addiction. And that was a few years ago. Um, so anyhow, I probably talked enough, but I appreciate your time and all the energy you put into this because I really got a lot out of it. I took notes. And even though I have self-knowledge, it doesn't really mean anything. Like we know it's a daily, it's, it's contingent on my daily maintenance. And um, yeah, thank you. If you have any feedback, that'd be great. Thanks. Oh, I really appreciate your share. And thank you, Risa. Um, is it Risa? Am I spelling her name? Okay. This disease, it's painful. And um, I have an aunt who has been long time sober. I come from a family of alcoholics and food addicts. And uh, I have an aunt who admits to me, she's been sober for over 20 years. And she admits to me, she's a food addict, but she doesn't want to come to OA. So you're here here she doesn't want to come to wake she feels like you know f that i just spent like some i i'm an i already gave up an addiction why why i have to give it up another one so you're here you're here um for me like i said the answers are in the big book i, I strictly work from that personally i not that it's the only way to the top of the mountain it's not but it's just where i'm from and where i live um and i do believe in the promises as witnessed by other recovered people and the kinds of things I'm experiencing. So you're here and that's wonderful. That surrender. Yes. Hi, go ahead. So um, part of my uh, food addiction involves habit. I was wondering if you could speak a little bit more about the role of habit. So say that one more time because it cut out and I hope it's not my connection and I apologize if it is, but can you ask that question one more time? Sure. Um, I, uh, a lot of my food behaviors, food addiction, et cetera, is from the result of habit. I'm not in denial and I'm not in avoidance, but challenging the habits that are 70 years old is very challenging for me. I do involve my higher power all the time, on and off all day long, as you were talking about. And the role of my, my previous habits and current habits are fairly overwhelming to me. 
I was not allowed to eat for long periods of time when I was a child. So I had been working with uh, fear of starvation, which was very real for me, deprivation, etc. So it's habitual thinking, habitual fear, habitual behaviors. So just the whole concept of habit is large for me and shows up around my food. So that's why I was wondering if you could talk about habits and recovery. Thank you for that question. It's all about habit. We've, I made a habit of using my defects as a way of protecting myself. We, we all have done that. And it's about surrender and not surrendering. So I just worked with someone yesterday who said, I was in the, she's, she is putting the food is down. Um, it's been down for a number of months for her. And she had a habit of standing at the counter and eating, you know, and she did, she had a habit, pop something in her mouth, but it's for her about pausing and saying that's not surrendering, surrendering it and not doing it again. And she hasn't since, you know, or won't, or says she won't about that. So how do I want to, if we're willing, for me, when I surrender on a daily basis, my food plan to my higher power, and then I do it, the habits break. And so perhaps it goes into and is about surrendering. You know, really, truly not just, I remember hearing a work, a woman talk about who's got, I think 35 years of, of, of OA sobriety. And she talks about, we're not just taking this into our head. We're taking it into our heart to really surrender to our higher power, these things that no longer work. And perhaps that's the place to live in. And it sounds maybe, I'm not sure the word, like pat or like, well, it's silly perhaps, but I just feel like no amount of my own trying to control my habits is going to control my habits. Okay. If that would have worked, it would have worked a long time ago. Right. Thank you for that question. Thanks, Amy. Andra's got her hand up, but I think she's muted. Am I muted? Am I, can you hear me now? Okay. I'm grateful for this opportunity to be in, uh, again, in awareness of how valuable 10th step is. Um, I think it's, uh, it's as valuable as getting to go away and maintaining. So um, thank you, Natalie, and the whole, all people involved. It's, uh, it's just uh, wonderful to have this opportunity. Thank you for your joy and enthusiasm and commitment. And uh, it's, it's, uh, I'm very grateful. Thanks. Thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. I'm grateful for it. Thank you. Can you tell me more about the uh, Channel Islands group? Natalie, you want to you wanna talk about that? Uh, sure. So I'll put our website up on the uh, chat. And um, we have, I think we have 10 separate meetings that happen throughout the week. All of them are on Zoom. We were trying to do a face-to-face -face in Ventura again, and then the place where they were meeting uh, stopped doing inside stuff. So 
they're trying to find another place, I think, after maybe Omicron goes through. Anyway, um, we have a newsletter that we put out and our meetings are not all very big. I think our biggest meeting is like maybe 15 to 20 people, but we have a lot of recovery, uh, even though we're kind of a small group. So um, I'll put the post this in here in the chat so you guys can, you know, you can visit the website. It's a pretty nice website. And if you have any specific questions, you're welcome to, to text me and ask, or, you know, email me or text me on that number there by my name. Well, I was just wondering, I've never heard of the Channel Islands. There's Channel Islands in New Jersey, Channel Islands. Uh, um, I never heard of that intergroup. You're virtual only, right? No, we're actually, Channel Islands is a name for the Channel Islands that are out in the Bay of Los Angeles or whatever that bay is uh, down by um, Santa Barbara and Ventura in California. There's these islands that run along the, the coast there and they're called the Channel Islands. So we stretch from like maybe 10, 15 miles south of Ventura to north of Santa Barbara, almost to the central coast basically. And then we also include a little town in there called Ojai. So that's our geographic area. And we were all in person until as so many of us uh, yeah. affected by the oh yeah. hi great great spiritual place but um you're planning to have zoom meetings or you're planning to go back in person i'm in studio city california a little bit far <laughs> we we have zoom meetings we all went on zoom at when once covid happened so i'll post the link to the website and then you can get the meeting list from there okay thank you and you say you have a lot of different people, old timers and new timers, and you said you have a lot of uh, recovery. Yes, I think we do. Um, uh, I think we have people that are with 20 to 30 years of recovery. We have people that are like me, I've got about 12 years of recovery. Then we have people that are in, but have gone out and come back in again. And then we have newcomers. So it's not a really big group. Again, not a super big group, but we do have pretty good meetings. I'm celebrating 46 years soon. Wow. But all meetings, I learn from all meetings, and it's a constant uh, reminder one day at a time anyway. Newcomers bring a lot to it, too, you know. We can't keep it unless we give it away, you know. May I jump in, please? Yeah, I thank you. I, my name's Reva. I'm a compulsive overeater from Providence, Rhode Island. Um, Amy W., would you be willing to post your phone number, please? Mm -hmm. Sure. For, te for texting your cell number or whatever. Thank you so much. This has been wonderful. And I came on late only because I was trying to hit two different workshops that overlapped. <laughs> so I left the other one partway through and hopped on this one and I, they were both great. But this one, I really got a lot out of it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Amy, uh because we're recording, would you mind saying your phone number in case sure. people want to listen to the recording? Amy W., uh, please call 646-373-6828 and call anytime. You can text you either way. If, if you call and you miss me, which is sometimes happens, uh, uh, then just if you leave me a good time to call you back, it's better than we don't. Let's see, seven minutes left. Are there any last questions or we can just end early too. I know it's a beautiful day in Southern California anyway, if people wanna enjoy the rest of this beautiful day before the sun goes down. Thanks all for taking some you know, time and Natalie, thank you.
Natalie and I have been steadfast walking hand in hand on the road to recovery for a long time and it's been nothing but a pleasure. So um, just really appreciate you all coming. If there's any last question, I'm happy to answer it. Otherwise we can just um, go enjoy our day. You want, you want to close with a serenity prayer or something? Sure. Amy? sure. Was there any last burning desire question? Um, Sandra, I'd just like to thank you very much. I had an understanding that after, since 74, I have never got it. And that's really something. So thank you very, very, very much. Thank you, Sandra, so much for coming. Thank you. All right, we'll end with a serenity prayer. I don't know. I like to do this and imagine we're all holding hands together. Uh, Amy, why. one more thing I'd yes, like sir. to ask. Uh, I think Natalie mentioned about putting her name in for a newsletter. What's in that newsletter? If you, Bernice, if you go to our website, which I put the link to the website on there, there's mm -hmm. a tab that says newsletter and you can click on it and see what's in there. But we have our meeting list in the back and we just have all kinds of information about like we do a theme sometimes for the month or it's every two months actually, or like these meetings happening, this workshop is happening. Our newsletter person is amazing. She's not, oh, Monica, she's here. Amazing, she's amazing. Monica, amazing. And oh, I think Monica, I gave Monica my name there. Yeah, okay, very good. So you'll send me the newsletter or should I go to that oacii.g.wordpress? You can do both. You can, uh, Bernice, you can go on the website and you can actually put in your, type in your email address directly if you wish to get correspondence or you can download, we call it the inner voice. That's the newsletter and, and I'm the editor and there's some really good resources on that uh, inner voice uh, for anyone to access. Sounds good. Anything else? If there's no last, is there any, aren't any last questions? Let's do uh, the we version of the serenity prayer together. And I am just holding hands with you all as we say this prayer together. God, God grant us the serenity, grant us the serenity to, accept to accept the things we cannot change, the courage to change the things we can. And the wisdom, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Will not mine be done. Amen. Coming back, it works. If you work, and we're worth it. Natalie, it reminded me when you did the seven-step prayer. I totally hear you. I say, uh, my Creator, I'm now willing for you to have all of me, every cell of my being. Ooh, <laughs> I nice. feel like there was something to me too about good and bad that just felt like, nah, nah. Wow. but isn't it? We can tweak, you know, we can tweak our prayers so that they that they mean something to us on a, as our as we trudge the road. So thank you for thank you for saying that because I good and bad wasn't I wasn't feeling that either. I mean, who was I to decide what was good and bad? Like, it was just like, I was bad. I was crummy at that anyway. <laughs> so, all right. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, Natalie. Thanks, everyone.